0: This week on the Ten Eight Podcast, Hard to Love, The Single Experience, with Jenna Ramon. We're both still single. This isn't an SAT. I can't bang it out in three hours.
1: Okay, let's date somebody in law enforcement. That's toxic.
0: When you're dating somebody, you want to share that time with them and their family, and it becomes difficult.
2: I've kind of felt like a single parent. In, In law enforcement, your board meeting comes at you instantly.
1: I felt really, really alone. A lot of the time. Because
0: you can't have a relationship with someone if they're not there. Sometimes I just want to shut my brain off when I'm not working for a little bit.
1: Why do you have to sacrifice? Why can't there be balance?
0: Hey, and I've talked to so many people today, I don't want to talk when I come home.
1: The views and opinions expressed on the 108 podcast are those of the authors and guests individually. The 108 podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is not affiliated with any entity, agency, or department.
2: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to another episode of the Ten Eight Podcast. Today's episode 323, Hard to Love. See what I did there? The single experience. On today's episode, we have my good friend Jenna Romano and other friends Evan and Nicole. You may remember from the fall, I had the first rendition of Hard to Love, and we had Amy and Bo on, and they are a married couple. One is a cop, one is not a cop. And they were married for a long time. They figured out how to make it work. It's all great. On this episode, we have the flip side. We talk about what hasn't worked. But before I dive too far into that topic, let's go ahead and say hello to our sponsors. Listen, it's no surprise to anyone that law enforcement agencies suck at getting the word out to their citizens they serve. Whether it's debriefing a critical incident or educating the public about various aspects of law enforcement, it takes a special skill set that too many in law enforcement don't have. In this ever-changing world of social media, do you your agency, and your community a favor, and check out TOC Public Relations, a company ran by former law enforcement to help you get your message out in an appropriate and professional way. Check them out on social media as well as tocpublicrelations.com. Let me tell you something you already know. Living a life in public service is a life of sacrifice, but you cannot serve the community or back your partner up if you're not physically able to do so. According to a report by the Wall Street Journal, more than 40% of law enforcement officers are obese. Other studies have found that police officers are 25% more likely to die from weight-related disorders like cardiovascular disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, and even some cancers. Why continue to be a liability to your partners, your loved ones, your community, and yourself? Contact the folks at fit.responders and get your fight back. And guys, I also want to tell you about our sponsor, Jiu-Jitsu 5.0. They just came out with the Jiu-Jitsu 5.0 app. It is the ultimate training tool for all law enforcement. Members of the app get on demand access to a huge library of techniques for the streets, grappling based workouts, yoga, and a monthly nutrition plan. They also have 24 hours, seven day a week access to Jason, the founder of Jiu Jitsu 5.0, for personalized training assistance. So go to the app store of your choosing. And download the Jiu-Jitsu 5.0 app today. It's available for Android as well as Apple, so get on it now. And last but not least, this episode is brought to you by Thin Vine Wines. Thin Vine Wines is a mission-driven wine company that proudly backs first responders and the military. With a background in law enforcement, their support for police, dispatch, fire, and the military is unwavering. Thin Vine Wines donates $2 from every bottle sold to law enforcement and military-driven nonprofits. Making awesome wine is the vehicle. Making wine with a purpose is the mission. Check out their social medias at Thin Vine Wines on Instagram and Facebook, and order online at thinvine.wine using the code 108, T-E-N, the number 8, for $10 off two or more bottles of wine. And listen, I just want to... Put it out there that if you own a small business for something that would benefit law enforcement officers or anything, honestly, as long as it's cop owned or former cop owned or operated, let me know. And if you want to use the 108 podcast to advertise and also 108 Instagram, please go ahead and message me. Let's see if we can set something up and we'll get your business out there. Always looking to promote law enforcement officers doing their thing. Back to our topic today. Um, The whole idea of the Hard to Love series came to me because I was thinking about how difficult it is for law enforcement officers to be in successful relationships. I've talked about it before. The divorce rate is embarrassingly high. And I feel like not much time goes by without hearing about another friend of mine having issues in their relationship or, you know, breaking up or whatever it might be. And the reasons are varied. In our episodes today, you're going to hear firsthand experience why relationships have not worked for, um, for my guest today. Jenna obviously is in a married relationship with a law enforcement officer, so she goes ahead and kind of gives us the counterbalance as well to how things may work. And, you know, I have to wonder how much of the problem is job related and how much of the problem is personality of those attracted to the job? Or is it maybe a mixture of both? I kind of figure it's that. Now, if you're a single cop or if you're a cop in a relationship, really, you're going to have something you can relate to in this episode. I almost guarantee it. If you do, I really want to hear your insight. If you either relate to it or you have a counterpoint, please contact me and we can make it work. You can either call and leave a voicemail and I'll go ahead and post that number. Or you can message me directly on Instagram and we can go from there because the, uh, the phone number is going to be changing in just a little bit. So I don't want to put it out there publicly. But for now, uh, as you may have noticed, this is a longer episode, so I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about it. So let's just go ahead, bring in my guests, and check out the single experience here on the 108 podcast. All right, we're back. We've got our round table, our, um, kind of like Knights of the Round Table assembled. And we're going to be talking about the ups, the downs, the good, the bad, the ugly of dating in this crazy world called law enforcement and public service and things like that. So let's go ahead and introduce everybody in New Jersey. My good friend and, um, kind of person I lean on with a lot of this kind of mental health stuff. We have Jenna. How are you?
3: Thank you, thank you. I'm good. How
2: you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We were just talking about the uh, your your dog. I think you're gonna have to rename your dog like Irish Spring or or something like that. <laughs> Dove, Dove. Dove yep. Yeah. Um, then we have up the states a little bit up in New uh, New Hampshire. We've got uh, our friend Evan. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm good, man. How you doing? Very good. Very good. Nice to talk to you. This is uh, you were, were probably one of the I don't want to say first people to follow my page, but I know you've been following my page for quite some time. So to have you on here and talk this topic is pretty exciting.
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, long time listener, first time caller kind of thing. Yeah.
2: <laughs> right. Right. And, you know, first uh, first recorded interview. Let's go ahead and talk about something private and personal like relationships. That makes perfect sense. Absolutely. I'm, I'm for it. <laughs> and then uh, the last but not least someone I know personally and and we've had some dealings in person and uh, from Florida, my good friend, Nicole, how are you? Hey, Hey, I'm good. I'm good. And if anyone hears anything that I can't edit out during the editing process, that sounds like we might be uh, in a category five hurricane or something. It's her. Just she'll take it personally. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, um, I gave you guys a a soft introduction, but I'll let you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves to your comfort level, and then we'll kind of go into our topics today. Uh, So we'll go in reverse order. So, Nicole, go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us, you know, who you are, how long you've been a cop, all that stuff, marital status, just for the sake of this topic, and we'll go from
1: there. (laughs) Uh, Nicole, um, I've been a cop down here in Florida, East Coast, for five years, actually, just quit being a cop and I'm learning how to be a probation officer. I'm nice. single, been married, not anymore for a long time and <laughs> just kind of living life. Okay. Perfect. Perfect.
2: Congratulations on uh, a new path. Uh, uh, you know, I always, whenever I talk to people about changing paths or whatever like that in law enforcement, I always hate sounding like I'm ushering people out the door cause that's not the case. But you know, you and I have talked okay. about this a lot for your personal thing. Like, Happiness is all I care about. So if you were unhappy doing one thing and you found it doing the other thing, then good on you. So congratulations. It
1: wasn't, you know, like it wasn't like I was unhappy. I love the job. It's just, you know, the schedule, the department, just didn't fit. So here I am working a nine to five, which sure. is super
2: and weird. I know. I'm gonna have to like watch your growth and see how that works because this shift work thing is starting to be for the yeah. birds, I think. <laughs> All right, Evan, uh, go ahead and introduce yourself.
0: Um, So uh, I've been working in law enforcement since 2014. Um, You know, you you asked me where I'm from. I live in New Hampshire. I work in New Hampshire, but I am originally from Massachusetts. Um, So sorry to hear that. Yeah, That's all right. Uh, I'm single myself, and I will also uh, put this forward going into this. If I make a movie reference of any kind, I apologize in advance that's just happens to be my thing it will slip in there somehow i'm just warning everyone ahead of time that's what she said
2: no that's perfectly fine i i, I make memes out of movies 90 percent of my time so your your humor and your references will not be uh lost on me i promise <laughs> and then finally um she's been on the show a lot so for some of you guys this may be regurgitated information but for everyone who has never listened to the lovely jenna before go ahead and introduce yourself
3: hello so i'm jenna romano i've been uh, a therapist for about 15 years um working in child protection in the jail with judicial a lot of different a lot of different roles within the judicial systems um and collaborating with judicial systems i should say. Um, The last couple of years, closed my private practice and now have been working um, stress, burnout, and performance for high-stress careers for high performers. So um, I think I want to say the reason that I'm here, though, uh, is because I'm a law enforcement house for 10 years, and I'm just here to shed insight, shed skills on how to show up in other domains of your life when you work in a really high-stress profession.
2: Mm -hmm. And the other reason why I kind of like having you on these kind of episodes is obviously you've worked in a clinical setting with law enforcement for so long that I think you get that perspective of like behind the scenes of behind the scenes. You know, you see all the struggles that law enforcement brings to the table, and then you've experienced it personally as well. Um, So I think that gives us a nice counterbalance or just kind of a – Fuller perspective because you know the things that we're going to share is obviously going to be from the one side and what have worked what hasn't worked and you're gonna see it on, and you're gonna have a perspective of both sides where you know you've obviously had clients and, and personal experience going oh, you know, I can literally put these two pieces together and uh, hopefully give us some guidance regarding it. So it's always fun. And I think in our last Hard to Love episode, when we had uh, Amy and Bo on, they're kind of the success story. Right. Being uh, a married couple for so many years, one in law enforcement, one not. You know, that was kind of, like I said, the success story. Now we can kind of talk about the struggles, I guess you could say, uh, leading up to that. Absolutely. So I guess we'll kind of open it up in your guys' experiences being in law enforcement and kind of going from single to dating, married, single, all that stuff, what kind of, I don't know, I guess we'll kind of open it up. What kind of issues, what kind of successes, what kind of things, themes keep coming back up in those uh, situations?
1: Obviously, no success. We're both still single.
2: (laughs) Well, okay, (laughs) that's fair. But I mean, through, in some realm of it. There had to have been, I'm sure, maybe some level of success in somewhere. And then, you know, that maybe there was something that hit a snag or something. So, you know, obviously, you know, and I'm speaking from personal experience also where dating a cop is not an easy thing on their part either. And dating someone while being a cop is not an easy thing or being in a relationship. It doesn't have to be dating, whatever level of that is. So I guess, I guess we'll go to that one when you are in a relationship some, with someone as a member of law enforcement, what have been some big issues and kind of obstacles that you've been faced with?
1: I'd have to say schedules, right? Cause you know, the, okay. the rotating schedules, um, my department, we switched every three months, right. From nights to nights to days. And so when I want to sleep is when, other wants to do stuff right so I'm off but I have to sleep because I was just on night shift but then do you want me awake and grumpy and miserable while we're doing stuff right so
4: mm-hmm.
1: I'd have to stay scheduling or when I'm off on the weekdays that's like the best prime time to go on dates or do stuff but they're working you know so then i find okay let's date somebody in law enforcement or a first responder or whatever um because they have a similar schedule and then that that's toxic you know so it's scheduling is horrific why why do you think that's toxic cuz we're all damaged right like
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know so it it just is it's never worked out for me so
0: mhm Okay, Evan, what do you think? I I was going to go the the same direction with like scheduling and and stuff like that. It's, you know, what Nicole said about, okay, well, you know, I'm working nights and I come home and I, I need to get some sleep because either I'm going, you know, back in later that night or, you know, it's my Friday, Friday, so to speak. And, you know, I'm trying to relax for the weekend and it's, okay, hey, like, you know, you need to get, you need to run errands. Or, yeah, hey, you know, I want to go out and I want to go do stuff. Or, you know, the thing that we always talk about is holidays. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, the holidays. Okay, well, if you're dating somebody or, you know, you're, you're in a relationship with somebody, it's the holidays. Okay, well, who, whose family are we going to go and visit? Are we going to visit mine? And for me, I, my family lives in Massachusetts. I have to drive an hour, hour and a half. And I might also be, you know, on that holiday, like say Christmas. Uh, I use Christmas this year as an example. I, I worked night shift on Christmas. I, you know, drove two hours down to Massachusetts, and then drove two back hours back up later that night to work all night. So that is just mm-hmm. one of the things is is trying to work a schedule around and, and working. Like I said, we all talk about holidays and stuff in law enforcement, but when you're dating somebody, you want to share that time with them and their family, and it becomes difficult because of you might have to work.
2: Right. I think a lot of things that civilians and non-first responders don't understand is that – and this goes for – this is uh, especially true for nights, but it's also true for days. Like your first day off or at least one of the days off in your days off doesn't count. Like it's going to be a sleep day or it's going to be a catch up day. One of the days it could be like we were just talking before we press record. Uh, I came home today. This would be like a sleep day and then hopefully get the, the weekend to be normal. But some people, they stay up on their first day off. And then by the end of the weekend, that's where their crash day is. And it sucks, especially when you're a night shifter and you have to be a day shifter on your uh, off time uh because you're always going to sacrifice one day, and especially in law enforcement, you know you need your sleep to stay safe. Um, so to to find a partner that's okay with that balanced sleep schedule or that weird balance of sleep schedule is important, and it's it's hard to do. Um, and I liked what Nicole said: like you don't want to date a first responder. That makes things difficult because. Either you're going to have conflicting schedules, if you're going to be on opposite rotations, then you may have a day off together, or if you have the same schedule, you know, that's not always the easiest thing to come by. So, uh, you know, I've been dating my girlfriend for almost five, six years now, and we're just now getting the same schedule. We've been, we our schedules have changed on and off, and uh, when we were long distance, it took us, both of us, or one of us taking a day off to spend some time together, and, you know, that was difficult you know and I was thinking as I was coming into work or coming home from work I was like I could never date a cop like she's a dispatcher and when I was a cop I could never date one of me I just couldn't do it between the stress and I know the personalities that are attracted to law enforcement I was like I, co- I couldn't I could I couldn't do it and then the the holiday thing like it's so weird being like hey are so are you cool with Thanksgiving being on December 1st this year because that's when I have a day off you yeah. know like it's a very weird thing for people to accept. And uh, you know, when you find someone that is accepting, it's great, but talk about a needle, needle in a haystack. Well, see
1: that's this. the that's holiday great. thing is what's good about dating other first responders. So I was engaged.
4: Cause they get right, like part. I was
1: engaged for five years to a firefighter like in 2014. And we never had holidays on the holiday because we both worked and it worked out for us. You know, like mm-hmm. he had a kid, I had a kid. And they just went with their other parent for the actual holiday. And then we had our holiday on whatever day was convenient for us. So that worked out Mm -hmm. because we were both first responders and it just, you know, obviously we are not engaged anymore. So the relationship didn't work out, but the (laughs) holiday thing worked out, right? Right, right. You find
2: find when one thing works, another thing doesn't. So I definitely understand. A million other things don't. (laughs) (laughs) of course of course you know and it's it's that balancing act of what works and what doesn't jenna in your experience like what are the issues that cops bring to you when it comes to relationships is it is it like oh time off is it what they're saying time off and the holidays and things like that
3: i think two of the biggest things um scheduling like we're talking about and communication when we're talking about the scheduling issues i think and speaking as a, a law enforcement spouse um when i had my daughter my husband was on midnights and my daughter was a college baby she cried all night um and i felt like i mean i've kind of felt like a single parent and saying that to, to him was like a slap in the face, right? Because he's like, are you kidding with me? <laughs> I'm like, "I'm." he's like, I'm running on
4: three hours
3: so that I could come home and help you before you go to work. And But it didn't take away from the fact that I felt really, really alone a lot of the times. And I, I felt like I was kind of manning a lot of the responsibilities a lot of the times as well. Um, and this was coming out of my husband being in the military. We were in a long distance relationship prior to him being hired as a, in law enforcement. So Mm -hmm. I, and I think I've talked about this on other podcasts too, so I don't want to be redundant, but um, I came into this a little bit cocky, right? Because I was like, Oh, if I can do long distance and seeing each other five days out of the month, then this is going to be so easy for me. I got this. Mm -hmm. Um, But see, you know, then experiencing everything and coming second all of the time um, you know, being forced into overtime, scheduling. Um, it really, it really can do a number on relationships if you're not really creative with finding other ways to have your needs met in those relationships. So we're kind of like, what we're talking about right now is quality time, right? That, I mean, that's what mm-hmm. I heard, you know, Evan and Nicole talking about, like holidays, having quality time with um, do, You know, defining what quality time is, that could look a lot different for everybody. So figuring out what it, what that quality time looks like for you and how you're going to, that despite your chaotic schedule.
2: Yes, I I agree completely. I think we have, you know, in my experience with relationships um, and just to preface this, and I've said it in the intro to this episode, but you know, my relationship has gone through different hurdles of long distance, opposite um, schedules, you know, all that stuff. So, you know, I think no matter what, when whatever your other love languages may be, so to speak, um, at the end of the day, the quality time thing is definitely the background because you can't have a relationship with someone if they're not there or if you're not there with them, right? So all those other things, I think, really inner... I mean, they're all important, obviously. They all have their place. But I think the quality time and just time in general um, really make the... That's the bedrock. And you can't, you know, because otherwise... There is no relationship if you're not there. So, um, and then I think the next thing, which what they were talking about, I think the, the personality types, those, those are the two big things, you know, finding the right person for it. We always make the joke that cops always either date other cops, dispatchers, nurses, teachers, the teacher ones kind of a that's a balancing act because teachers could be super sensitive to whatever's going on. But the other ones, you know, the trauma informed you know uh, industries definitely kind of get it a little bit better. Um, but it's always the same ones. Like you don't really, I mean, you do see it, but more times than not, you don't see a cop with a business executive, an accountant, right? Like those are just two completely different worlds, and and I think just the people that operate those different worlds. Are just so different
3: yeah i think they really it's like the helping professions just kind of like gravitate towards each other right like the givers right. like the helpers
1: like we we understand right. each other it, right like yeah
2: right but i think also those givers it gets weird because then it you know you're in a relationship and you also turn into the taker right like you obviously have needs that need to be met and everything and you know who, who's giving enough who's giving too much who's not giving enough. And then, you know, when you're, when you're so busy to help people, you may miss that on a personal, really, you know, personal relationship basis. And then that's where we get issues.
3: Absolutely. Where you may forget what your needs are because you're constantly the one doing and giving. So receiving can be uncomfortable or you're just, you just kind of like become desensitized to like, well, what is it that I need after all? Because I'm just sacrificing my time. And I think that can definitely lead into your personal life, so to speak.
2: Mm -hmm. So let's go back to Evan. Have you experienced that in relationships? Have you experienced either giving too much and not knowing that your needs are being met or kind of disregarding your own needs? Have you felt that at all?
0: Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, And that, you know, I I was actually going to bring up that point. One of the things that like personally I've experienced is, you know, we're talking about we're givers and not knowing like when our needs are being met and takers and stuff like that. But one of the, I think the the smallest aspects of relationships is, you know, when you do want to spend that quality time, it's like the, you know, from my experience, the other person's like, well, you what do you want to go and do and trying to come up with creative ideas. But at the same time, you know, working in law enforcement or first responders, our jobs are to take care of the most, you know, potentially chaotic situations in random people's lives mm-hmm. that we don't know. Mm-hmm. And then in our off time being like, okay, now I have to come up with a, a plan to spend some quality time. W- and like the last couple of years when it's been talked about, you know, what your love language is and stuff like that. And, and figuring that out, that's one aspect for yourself personally, but you know, on your off time. Okay. My work week is spent figuring out how to organize and, bring peace to chaotic situations sometimes when i'm on my off time i just want to shut my brain off and be like you know what you know, the, the joke of well where do you want to eat tonight i don't know i i just want to shut my brain off when i'm not working for a little bit
4: <laughs> yes and, and coming exactly. And, and, exactly
0: yeah and coming I, into that problem
2: yes exactly i feel like in in jen and i's previous conversations we have uh covered that a million times like no i don't want to make I don't, I don't know what I want for dinner. Just figure it out. Yes. Like I I just can't do it.
3: Yeah, it's like the classic example. Well, like you're, you're, you're like depleted, right?
2: Mm-hmm. I, I mean,
3: I can say like as a therapist, seeing clients on the hour or close to on the hour all evening, like coming home, I'm like, I can't problem solve anymore. So like somebody just make a decision. I got, I got nothing left, you know?
2: Right. Exactly. It's, it's, you know, it's, I think we've talked about it. Like when your husband comes home and he's like decompressing, he's turning, you know, he's getting rid of his, his work baggage and it's like, all right, well, well, I guess let's reiterate that. Cause what you've said in the previous episodes kind of was, you know, you kind of know over time now, um, that he needs that decompressing and then you get your husband back. Basically.
3: Yeah. He has like several different days. Right. And like, and he won't necessarily come home and be like, I've had a very stress-filled day, day. I'm hyper aroused and I need relaxation and to calm and return to baseline. You know what I mean? Like he's not, no one's going to come home and say these kinds of things. But in essence, that's what's happening, you know? So some days he comes home and he sits in the bathroom for like a half an hour. He's he's not going to the bathroom, He's sitting in the bathroom on his phone, but I know that like mentally, he's just, he needs to do something mindless right now. He needs to decompress, you know, other days he comes home, he sits down on the couch and he's like, let's watch TV, but he doesn't want to talk there, but he just wants to be physically like within your presence. Then there are other days where he comes home and it's like, Jenna, listen to this. shit. Can you believe this shit? Right, so he's not going to come home and he's not going to say, I'm really upset about X, Y, Z, or this really bothered me to see. He's not going to, he's, he's a, a tougher guy. He's not going to use those words. I know what's going on. You know, so when he comes home and he presents in different kinds of ways, now you bring my needs into the mix and that really can complicate a lot of things. Right. So like mm-hmm. if I'm home all day long and I've been working, I've been Taking care of my two crazy dogs. I've been taking care of my two crazy kids. And he comes home and I'm like, here you go. It's your turn. Have fun. I need to go relax now. And he's hiding in the bathroom for a half an hour. We're both at a bypass because it's like, Mm -hmm. uh, what I need and what you need look very, you know, (laughs) they're conflicting. So, yeah, I mean, it it gets really complicated and it gets really hairy. And it's like, who's going to be the one to sacrifice? Right. We were just talking about like right. being self-sacrificial, you know. So, yeah, I think that knowing what you need and asking for for what you need are, are two of those steps. I mean, personally,
1: my question is, why do you have to sacrifice? Right. Like, why can't there be balance for everybody? Mm-hmm. And I try to find that balance. Yeah. Like you said, you know that your husband needs to decompress in the bathroom for however long when he gets home. I used to get in trouble for like I play mind numbing games on my phone to decompress, right? I have like this stupid waduku or whatever, and I just need to play night mind numbing games and that's my decompression. And I get in trouble for just staring at my phone, playing mind numbing games. I'm not talking to anybody, I'm not chatting, I'm not on scrolling on Facebook, I'm not on Instagram, but because I'm not like paying that person attention. Like, we're sitting on the couch next to each other. I'm rubbing your leg or holding your hand or whatever. I'm just staring at my phone, playing a mind-numbing game. I'm in trouble. But you're getting what you need. You need me to touch you. I'm touching you. But I need what I need by playing my mind-numbing game. And I've tried to explain that. doesn't work. But why does there need to be sacrifice? Mm-hmm. Like, why do I, I need to, like, sit on top of you and, like, give you my full intention? <laughs> like... You know, I need
2: what I need. Right. But meanwhile, your needs aren't being met because you just need like that disconnection. And you're literally, like you said, you're not completely disconnecting, but you're just having that like, I don't passively disconnecting with your person still being there. And then you do your thing. Sounds like it shouldn't be a problem. And obviously I think everybody in this room gets it, but you're right. That's where it gets kind of complicated because, you know, as as Jenna was talking about her husband's needs and everything, and as she was bringing up her needs, I was like, well, yeah, that's all fine and good, but there's a second person, you mm-hmm. know, and that's where it gets complicated is when yeah. we add that second person. Cause it's good to know what our needs right. are. Then you add another person's needs and it's like, shit, what do I do now? And it's, that's where it gets hairy. And it's, you know, it's that delicate balance and you're right. It shouldn't be sacrificing one for another. It needs to be the understanding and that balance. And that's where I think it mm-hmm. gets the trick Like is.
1: I try to be a giver. I try to be super accommodating. And I think that's just the woman in me, right? Like we, we are naturally born givers. But then when I get to the point where I give too much of myself, I become super selfish. And that's where Mm -hmm. it gets where I don't care anymore. And then I become the jerk, the asshole, the you just don't care. Why are you so aloof? You know, and I'm just like, I gave up, you know,
2: like,
4: shut- uh-huh. I, shut, I
1: completely shut down.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's, that sounds like a fair thing, right? Like when you get constantly hit with that and the other person isn't understanding what you need, you know, from where I'm sitting, that sounds perfectly understandable to be like, all right, this is obviously a point of contention mm-hmm. and, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Evan, have you had that similar experience?
0: Um, I can't say I've specifically had that, that kind of, uh, experience, like looking back on it. Um, but you know, we're talking about this and Jenna brought it up, which is, is communication and and talking, you know, about being a giver and a taker and and what your needs are and the other person's needs are. And, you know, part of that, I think kind of goes into what we're talking about with work and stuff like that communication and and just being drained and what the difference is in our jobs, which are, is, you know, We have days where, you know, okay, you did paperwork all day and it was really slow on your shift and you can come home and you can be like, yeah, I'm you know, having a good day. I want to be very personal. I want to be with that person and talk with that person. And then there's other days where you're like, I went call to call all day. I didn't even do any paperwork and I've talked to so many people today. I don't want to talk when I come home. I want to just be, I I just want to, you know, veg out. Like, just Mm -hmm. I want to I want to be there with that person, but I want to passively scroll on my phone or whatever. Um, One of the things for me in terms of like decompression and, um, you know, quality time and stuff like that is uh, in my some of the relationships I've had, people are like, oh, let's watch the show together or whatever. And I'm like, I I don't want to watch that show. I don't want to watch that show. Well, why don't Mm -hmm. you want to watch that show? Everybody likes the show, whatever. Well, it's because it has to do with work stuff. Uh And uh. I don't want to watch, like, everybody loves Breaking Bad. You know, Bryan Cranston, great actor and all that stuff. But I I use that as a specific example. I don't want to watch a television show about a bunch of guys that do meth and make meth Hmm. when that's part of what I do, you know, during work. Mm -hmm. I want to watch something that's just going to help me shut my mind off or make me laugh. I don't want to deal yeah. with like work stuff and going, Oh, I dealt with a guy just like that earlier. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm,
4: mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I mean, there was, there was a, definitely a time where it, not, not so much in a romantic relationship, but my family, you know, my brother-in-law would sit down he's watching Chicago PD or law and order or something like that. And I sit down, I'm like, Nope. And I get up and leave. Like I, you know, not that those shows are very accurate to what we do, but whatever. It's enough to be like, you know, I don't need this. You know, this is not, um, again, I want to have something that's like, you know, and always sunny or the office or something like that, where it's completely separate from what we do at work. Like it got to the point where like, even listening to like, you know, when you, when you work in like a, in a, you know, more urban environment, like listening to rap music set me off for a while. It was like, they're talking about stuff that I literally have to deal with nightly. I don't want to hear about car chases and shootings and stuff like get away you know, let me, let me get some, you know, Florida, Georgia line in here. Totally just calm and, you know, whatever, We're just talking about, you know, whatever. So I agree completely. But it I definitely love that you know difference. your
3: preferences. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's great. Some people yeah. can't even identify that.
0: Well, and like you, you just said, man, the separation. And mm-hmm. one of the things is, is having that work life separation. Um, I think for, a lot of like younger officers that's something you kind of have to work on because we like you know a, a lot of us when we get into law enforcement we're all in the like the yeah no I'm a cop like that's it, and I know mm-hmm. you've said it multiple times on your platforms dude <laughs> that's not who you are as a person
4: mm-hmm. that's your job mm-hmm. but
0: it's not who you are and and trying to True. find that balance and like we're talking about right now is, is you know coming home and turning it off Yeah.
2: Right. 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 And, you know, just another thought on that is like when you come home, obviously, that's your safe space. That's your that's the place where you can vent freely and everything like that. Before I go into this next little bit, have you guys previously primarily predominantly dated other cops or first responders or has it been non-law enforcement, things like that?
0: Uh, I've. Never dated uh, another law enforcement officer. Don't do okay. it. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I, I I, haven't had that, that particular experience. It's been mostly okay. people who don't work in, in law enforcement.
2: Okay. So that, 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 that kind of works. So because both of you, right, when you need to vent, when you need to tell something about work, right, you've got stress and obviously I always talk about getting it out there. There's two sides to that story. Where if you have a non-law enforcement related partner, and you start venting, one, how are they going to understand? Mm-hmm. Right? Is it going to offend or upset them? You know, if I'm talking about this graphic scene that happened, are they going to understand it, or is it going to scare them away? Um, if it is a law enforcement partner I'm talking to, are they just going to try to solve this problem? Be like, oh, why didn't you do this? You're just blah, 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 blah. Or is it going to turn into a story all about them where they start unloading their issues? Because we obviously have several similar issues. I think that's a problem, too. So when you get that communication, because you're right, when you go home, you're not the cop anymore. But sometimes work comes home with you and you, you need to get it out. And I feel like that's always an issue, too. And that's a point for contention where how do we get this out in a constructive way? and like for for us in my house when, when we get off work both being dispatchers now usually we never plan it we're never like all right we're gonna have our our work talk hour uh we you know we just start bsing about one thing work comes in and then i look and it's like wow we've been bitching about work for two hours let's change the topic and then like you start talking about something else and i'm like and another thing about work real <laughs> quick you know but uh <laughs> but i think it's you know when you're communicating with someone, obviously make sure your needs are met, make sure you know that disconnection. But have you guys seen that what I'm talking about? Like that issue of uh kind of sharing your stress, sharing your issues, and has not been met the way I've said it or have you had different experiences?
1: Well see, that's why I've that's sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. That's why I've only dated first responders or military. So I was in the military too, and I've always loved like a man in uniform. Typical woman, right? Um sure. so I've always dated military first responders and I've tried dating outside of that range. And I just, there's no connection there, right? Like they're boring mm-hmm. to me. They have no, there's nothing interesting about them. Like, Oh, you work in the IT mm-hmm. field. Cool. I you're speaking French. Cause I have no idea what we're talking about. I don't understand. Right? Uh-huh. Like there's no connection, but then you date a first responder in any of the fields. Typically I lean towards firefighters. I don't know why. And, you mm-hmm. know, cause they cook the best. That might be why I'm not, I'm not very good at that. Um, they feed me well, mm-hmm. yeah. like, and you just get to talking about things and it doesn't have to be about work. It, you know, you just have similar interests, you know, guns and being athletic and, you know, just, you just have similar interests and it's not just venting about work, you know? So, I've tried dating outside the world and that's currently dating as a single woman. I'm trying again. It's just, I don't know. It's not really
2: going well. Right.
1: (laughs) Well, can I ask you a
3: question? Uh Uh-huh. So once, so once you filter into like the, those, the first responder pool, if you will, how do you, it's like a cesspool, but very very much
1: so. And I know it. How,
3: How do you, um, how do you pick and choose and get more specific about, okay, but this is like the actual person within this field that I'm looking for. I'm just curious.
1: Uh, If I'm attracted to them or not, I don't know. Looks. I'm not shallow, but you have to be physically attracted to somebody right before you delve in deeper. Um, Sure, Sure. Yeah.
2: You know, I've talked to and just not even like about this with with female co-workers or, you know, just people, female associates. And I see that they are significant others, not a cop. Right. And this is this is this is definitely probably my um, uh, Neanderthal brain taking over. But I, I look at that relationship and I go, how like how like like if the if the female in the relationship has the masculine career, how does that work? Like to me, I could never be a civilian and date a cop like that would just first off be off-putting for me like it'd be intimidating like first off I don't want to date a cop because I'd be worried all the time like what's she getting into she okay blah 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 and that's because I know the job imagine not knowing the job and going oh my god you did you did what you know, and I'm sure, you know, I'm, I could only imagine that as the flip side, like if, if I was dating someone non-law enforcement related and how they would react to it. So I totally get what you're saying. Like, first off, being uninterested in what they're, you know, having that compatibility er- error and issue. But then there's also that, like, you know, my, as a law enforcement officer, your adrenaline's always spiked. Mm-hmm. And then you, you date the guy that works in the office building and it's like, oh, you're, you had a hard day because the Copier was out of toner. Like come on now. Let's not uh, That's another thing. <laughs> like not,
1: oh, your you day was so hard. Let me tell you about mine. Like, right? I just mm-hmm. dealt with the guy who rolled in shit. Like, come on.
2: <laughs> right. Right. But now, now let's go to Evan who's only done only dated in that world and let's talk about that.
0: Ah, uh, ooh. Um <laughs> Hit me with the hard questions. Um great
3: <laughs> for radio too, Evan. Just side
0: note. Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I, I um, it, it's funny, funny enough that was uh, I was a communications major and did radio in college, so that's part of lo- part of why. Um, Sorry, but, that's um, my ADD. Oh, uh, um, we all got it. right? Preaching the choir. Uh, yeah, I was going to say preaching the choir right here. Um, I feel
2: like that's on the job application.
0: <laughs> uh, well, I think it actually makes us a little bit better at the job. I don't for my perspective. I, I agree. The whole multitasking. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Um, but
2: which as I think about it, sorry, I keep cutting you off, but I keep thinking like, you know, for people who are prone to ADHD and like things like that, they give us these 300 packet job applications, 300 page job applications and expect us to fill it out in a timely manner.
0: Anyway, on top of, on top of like, while we're doing all other stuff in our own lives and everything like that, you're like... Dude, it's gonna give. I need more than like four days. Like, I can't just like yeah. bang. Like, this isn't an SAT. I can't bang it out in three hours.
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: Um, yeah, it definitely has been um, interesting. And in, in the the actually the where I was gonna go with it, it is, um, you know, like similar interests and stuff like that. But the other aspect that you know we all talk about and joke about and share is our sense of humor. Humor is a is mm-hmm. a really big thing for me when I'm looking to you know build a relationship and connect with somebody and as a first responder your sense of humor is just on a whole different <laughs> plane than other mm-hmm. people and, and trying to connect with that and you know you're like you say something and they're like I, I don't I don't know what you're talking about and you're like oh yeah I gotta ex-. but you're talking about like I gotta explain this uh information and and whatnot or or you know like talking about people not date, like Dating people uh, not in the law enforcement or first responder field. What Biggest thing is, you know, we we have cell phones. We text all the time now um, and everything like that. And we can basically be in constant communication. But with our job, the thing is, is that we might end up in a situation where we can't answer our phone for like three hours. And Mm -hmm. and that that's Mm -hmm. been that's been something that I've encountered a few times in uh, well, I've been dating as a cop is, you know, I, I haven't answered my phone for an hour or two, and then you know I open it up to why aren't you answering me? And it's <laughs> like I couldn't answer because you know there was a fatal car wreck, and I like I had to call all these different people and everything like that, and I didn't have a split second to be like, hey, I'll text you later. You know, mm-hmm, on my, mm-hmm. you know, not that that person is lower on your priority list, but but they're lower on your priority list. But it- <laughs> low on, yeah, that's low on your priority list because your supervisor or your boss is like, hey, why didn't you get this done? Oh, sorry, I had to text my significant other and tell them I was going to be late.
2: Yeah, that that's not going to be an issue at all. No,
0: and and that's one of the things that I have, like, more recently, if I've. Uh, started seeing somebody is that I say that out of the gate is like, Hey, listen, like I'm working. If I don't answer, like if there's some time when I don't answer you for, you know, an hour or more, it's not that I don't want to talk to you or anything like that, or I'm ignoring you or ghosting you, whatever phrase you want to use. It's because I have something that I have to deal with right now in the moment that I can't turn my attention away from it. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, talking about, office job or something like that um where you get you can sit at a desk and you know yeah you can multitask and, and do what you need to do on your computer but we're also in a completely different office space if you will mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we're in a car you know our office is a sometime you know depending on where you work but you might have a desk or something like that but our our office is a car and cars have four wheels and we go everywhere and you oh know I can't just sit down and field phone calls. Your phone is your radio. You have to go where they tell you to go and communication. Yeah. That... Right.
2: And in, in law enforcement, your board meeting comes at you instantly, right? Like you exactly. don't, you know, you're just not like, Oh, look on my outlook calendar. I've got this planned after lunch. No, like it just happens, right? You never know what call is coming down the pipe. You don't know what tr- car is going to drive by you. You need to stop fatal wrecks um as a great example you know like hey sorry i was kind of directing traffic for an hour and a half i was on a arm standoff for 2 hours sorry i didn't get a chance to text you be like i'll be late just know that but that's a crash course in the culture that you know mm-hmm. when we have unrelated to the law enforcement culture people in our lives you, you about to learn really quick. You're going to learn today, you know, like this is, um, and that, I mean, it's good that you've kind of realized that that's been an issue, a point of contention in past relationships. So that way out the gate, be like, listen, this is one of the main things that happens every single time. You know, it's kind of like that meme, you know, I meet someone, we talk, they're interesting, I get on, you know, a call for two and a half hours. They leave, and then it's just the cycle again, right? right. So it's good that you're starting to realize that, and it's it's you're uh, approaching it that way. You know, I had, I've not really experienced that. You know, my girlfriend, like I said, she was in dispatch when I was on the road, so it was no big issue. I would just stop texting her, you know, uh, in the middle of my shift. But eventually, I'd be like, "Hey, I'm okay, but I'm busy." Or mm-hmm. one time, I remember working, and we were chatting on the phone. And something super high priority came out. I was like, I got to go. And I threw my phone and and it just happened, you know. And that's, I think that's just things you learn over time how to do. It's not something, when we're in the academy, they kind of, I don't know if they did for you guys, but for me, they kind of did touch on personal relationships very briefly. And they said basically like, hey, better get everyone on board. And that was about it. That's all they said was like, hey, this is going to be weird. You better get everyone on board. Good luck to you but I feel like that should be something that they bring up because it's one thing to do the job well, but you know, you have to live this per- career for up to 30 years, some places, you know, and it's like that book, you know, emotional resiliency, you know, it's it's something your family needs to be on board with too. And and that includes significant others that you may or may not have already had.
0: Yeah. And, and you, you touched on, on the talking about people that don't work in law enforcement. You t- you just touched on it right there, dude, is, is talking on the phone. My, my family, my friends, um, a lot of them are working law enforcement or, you know, they're my really good friends where if they call me and I'm at work and I'm like, yo, I got to go. They're like, all right, cool, dude. I'm, I'm I'll talk to you later. I'll text you later. It's not a big deal. But in, in terms of dating and relationships, you know, working and working different schedules and stuff like that. You know, I, I remember there was uh, one person that I was seeing and they wanted to talk to me on the phone after their day was over. But I was just starting mine mm-hmm. on night shift for like Mm -hmm. two hours and I'm like, I I can't do this. I can't talk to you on the phone for two hours because this is one, the beginning of my shift and two, you know, it's nighttime. This is when everybody is out and about doing, you know, what my job is to stop. So I can't just be sitting on the phone for two hours talking about how, how your day was not that I wouldn't want to, but it's just schedules are opposite and everything like that. But like you said, being aware of it and you know, my family and my friends, I've been doing this for so long are cool with me going hey man i gotta go and just hanging up and talk to him to him right. later versus you know what i've encountered with people not working in law enforcement or first responder fields where they're like well why don't you want to talk to me it's like it's not that i do mm-hmm. i don't want to talk to you it's i physically cannot
1: yeah i i don't want to talk for two hours
2: <laughs> no never never like i've never been a phone guy i've become a no phone do not call me like my nephew you know, just talking about family stuff. He's not a cop at all, at all. And he'll call me first off. He'll call me when I'm sleeping after night shift. And I was like, listen, I'm going to start calling you at 3am and we're going to see how you like it. Like it's literally the the same way. Right. But also like, he just wants to sit and chat. I'm like, you realize I talk on the phone for a living now. Right. I don't want to do, I, we can't keep doing this. Uh, one time I got in a fight with my sister because I ended a phone call very similar to how I would on a radio. I was like, okay, bye. Done. Like there was no like, all right, I love you. I'll see you Tuesday. No, it was okay. Bye. That's it. That's all I, that, that ended the conversation. Right. Um, and the other thing that you talked about that, uh, we kind of skirted away from, but the gallows humor, you know, normies, <laughs> they don't get it. Um, but it's how ha- it's one of the easiest ways that we de- decompress and freak people out and lose mm-hmm. friends. But you know, it's so important to us because, you know, and I, I explained it to my family this way. It's like, listen, when if you're a waiter, you know, you get an order in, you hand it out. Well, then you got another order coming in, you hand it out. When you're a cop, you're doing the exact same thing, but with highly possibly traumatic incidents and tragic incidents. Whether it be to you or to, to the people that you're serving. And if you don't treat it in the exact same way as an, as a waiter treating an order it's going to linger with you. I remember we were at the hospital for a family emergency and the head surgeon or whoever was involved was out back flying a drone. And they were like, how dare he fly a drone and blah, blah. I'm like, and I, again, use the waiter uh, metaphor. It's like, he has to do that. We have to do that. Again, it comes to the crash course of the culture where if they don't understand that they need to learn really quick. And if they don't, and obviously that's where the communication goes, it's going to be, you're going to have a rough time. Mm -hmm absolutely we don't get a manual we don't (laughs) so okay yeah so that's great so in your relationship jenna and i know you've obviously you going back to our first conversation you've obviously come from a law enforcement background in family wise but how going into it you know what was your crash course what you know how did you make it work dealing with the things like lack of communication when you know when working, making that work, um, the gallows humor, all these different things. How did you kind of come to make that work in your relationship?
3: Um, I think that the reason, well, I can't say that we were together and married before he went into law enforcement.
4: Mm, um,
2: okay. I
3: think that working in child protection, working in the jail, <clears throat>
4: you
3: know, I don't have a law enforcement background, but just him knowing that I was exposed to so many different things from me coming home and kind of talking about those things with him prior to Mm. his profession. I think that he kind of, I would assume, but I can't speak for him. I think that he knew that I could handle a lot of it in terms of coming home and talking about different things or just being, like I said, in in those high stress situations, when you get that text going to be late. Right. And like, we have 10 different things that we're doing with our kids. So now I'm like, how am I going to get my son to jujitsu and my daughter to gymnastics all at the same time? So the first thought in my mind is like, do I want to kill my husband <laughs> or
2: <am I> <laughs>
3: Because those are two different, very different emotions, right? And I have to like pick one and go with it. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that a lot of it really, really comes down to communication. Honestly, Mm -hmm. him, him being able to say like, I'm, I'm okay, but I'm going to be late. Had it has a drastic like, uh, change in my response than just going to be late or not showing up at all, you know, um, or even saying to somebody like text my wife, just let her know I'm all right, I'm going to be late. I, I don't have my phone on me or I can't get to my phone, you know, um, Or just setting different rules for your relationship, so to speak. So even if that's, you're getting off work and you need to be in communication with me, that's what you need, right? Like Evan, like your girlfriend, she wants to talk to you for two hours, but you're like, you're on go and she's on downtime, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's like just send me a text message. I'll send you a really heartfelt text message back. And that's going to be me giving you a little bit of me and what I can give to you right now, you know, because like a big theme that I see uh, with law enforcement spouses is like this concept of like rejection. Um, Hmm. And that, and it sounds like that could be what she was experiencing when she wants to talk for two hours and you can't, or Nicole, when you're sitting down next to your significant other and you are present, but you are not really mentally present. You know. On the flip side, thinking about what the significant others are may may be experiencing, I see a lot of feelings of rejection or assumptions of rejection. When in mm-hmm. reality, that's not the case at mm-hmm. all. That it's, it's two people are missing each other with what they need and and how they're conveying what they need to one another. And I think that if we kind of make that like mental tweak and kind of really dig deep into like primitively, what do I need right now? Do I need connection to somebody else? Do I need, uh, you know, isolation and, and peace and quiet for 10 minutes and just being able to speak that to someone else, I think can, can be really, really beneficial. You know, Mm -hmm. like when my husband comes home, do I have the, and he's in the bathroom for a half an hour and I've, and I'm at my wits end. Do I have the temptation to pound on the door and be like, get your ass Mm -hmm. out here. And I want to go sit in the bathroom for half an hour. Yeah, I have that temptation. But I'm like, you know what? He needs his time by himself. I'm not going to take that personally. I'm going to get my time by myself as soon as he's done. Right. Mm. So just kind of like finding different strategies to um, work around some of those stressors.
2: Right. Yeah. I, I think those are all very important, you know, it, which, goes back to one of the first things we talked about was the communication aspect. And, you know, it's very easy to kind of get to the lack of communication and, and, you know, them not understanding and blah, blah, blah. But you know, it's, it is a two way street, which is obviously what we were talking about also in the beginning. So I think you're absolutely right. I think it also all comes down to all these kind of reoccurring themes, this whole conversation, like, partner selection is a big deal and where they come from where their headspace is because i you know i remember before my girlfriend and i got together and and dating a little bit in the non-leo world but you know it's very short lived for a reason and um you know talking to someone outside of it and just they you know they just weren't a hit to it they they enjoyed the fun parts of it you know they enjoyed the high adrenaline and like hey th- Again, looks good in uniform. type Well, I don't know if I did, but whatever. Um, you know, but we had that connection. And then when, it, when shit got real, it they weren't present. They weren't there for it. And you realize that, and I see it a lot where you got these like new guys, you know, and they, they you know, go out with the cocktail waitress or whatever, and, you know, like they met this chick at the bar, she's hot and she likes the fact that I'm a cop. Cool. And then it's like, what else you got? And, you know, you, and without getting too serious, you got to realize that with your ride or die, like when shit hits the fan and bad things happen, are they going to be there? You Mm. know, there's, um, there's a person I follow on Instagram and he and his wife just, I want to say got married and he got shot in the head and she was put to task immediately. And, you know, now this guy is, he's made an amazing recovery but he still has a litany of issues and she has stayed by his side and you know good for her and good for him and you know i'm glad that he has that support but could you imagine if it was just you know one of these like fly-by-night romances that you know they just hooked up and they're like oh this is like obviously the divorce rate is in cops are super high so what if it was one of those failed relationships you know and then he's just stranded because he you know um, partner selection was wrong. And obviously there's one part of like having fun and, and dating and messing around or whatever. Cool. You know, do what you got to do. But when you're really wanting to hunker down, you have to keep all these things in mind because it's that important. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's kind of those, just all those things that we really need to keep in mind. Um, and I'm not a relationship expert by any stretch of the imagination. I just kind of, call it how I see it when I come across something and I see what works and I see what doesn't, I mean, there's some where I'm like, well, they got lucky. Like, I don't see how that works, but it looks like they worked out just fine. But a lot of times it's like, yeah, I didn't see that last thing. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, I don't want to be one of these guys in glass houses throwing stones, but at the same time you can kind of see where things may be, going. be going.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, what, one of the things I, I was just going to, was going to bring up some of, kind of what you had asked me earlier about, you know, dating people that are, are non-fresh um, upon law enforcement. It, 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 and we were talking about it earlier a little bit, like about um, discussing problems and, and being like, bringing forth a solution to, you know, are, are they just venting? What do they want a pro- or do they, do they want a solution? True, to the problem? true yeah. yeah. And that's one of the things that I've experienced uh, dating is, is meeting people that you know, and like you just brought up is, oh, he looks, you know, he's, he's fun. He's exciting because he, because of his job. And then when it comes to like actual in-depth discussions about things, you know, problems are brought forth and it's like, I'm looking at like, okay, do you, do you want my assistance with a solution to the problem? Or do you just want to vent and trying to find that? And more often than not, I found it's more, I just want to I, I don't want your help solving the problem. I just want to unburden myself onto you. And, you know, in a relationship, it, you got to find that balance and work through stuff together. But on our end, we deal with pretty mm-hmm. hardcore stuff all the time, or, or a majority of the time, depending on where you work. And it's like, okay, we got to find that separation. And if you, our our job is finding solutions to problems out in the road right right and i'm cool if you just want to vent but if you just want to vent your problems and you don't want me to help you find the solution then this isn't going to work because i'm all about finding the solution and getting better at it
2: right but you could always tell your partner like or ask them up front and be like listen and i'm trying to think of how do you word this without sounding condescending or an ass and be like so do you want you want me just to listen or you want some advice? Cause I got both. Like what you want? Um, I can be a professional listener or, or we could, we could crack some eggs here. But again, I'm trying to think of a way to say that without sounding like an ass. Um, and I think Jenna, we've even talked about in the past where you, you know, you, you basically ask your partner, like, what do you need right now? Because you, you want to, you want to just an empty vest, you know, you want to talk cool. Um, and I think that's just so important too, because again, yeah. we're we're problem solvers we're ready that's to true. do it but also when when you're dating in the cop world imagine imagine giving that same story to someone who's a mirror and is going to do the exact same thing to you that's i think both ways it needs to be reflected yeah. hmm. and
3: i think that that's also like part of the authoritative presence of your job too is that you're you have to find solutions to problems and you have to act through those solutions to those problems actively you know out there in the field too So, I mean, even even saying something like you're you're giving me a problem and my natural tendency is to work through that problem with with some solutions and I'm tempted to give them to you. Mm -hmm. Can I just even asking for permission, you know, Mm -hmm. otherwise you it may come off as maybe authoritative on the receiving end. Right. Like, so I can't find my own problem, my own solutions to my problems. I need to ask my significant other. I'm not capable of doing that. That could be like the perception on the receiving end. Right. Or like, um, maybe even that they're a burden to you. Right. So it's like, I have to, I can't come upon these solutions on my own. And that probably annoys Evan. What do I bring to the table for him?
4: Mm -hmm.
2: Right. And, and that, goes to being open with your partner and explaining all that. I think it all just kind of boils down to that communication aspect and you know, being being hip with that.
3: Absolutely. Like just digging into the basic need of of what you have. Do I need to be heard? Do I need solutions? Do I need to feel connected? Um, do I need to decrease some of the stress that I have inside of my body? You know, just like really connecting to that and just saying that and sometimes if you don't know what you need that's fine to say too like i feel really tired right now i don't know what i need but i know that it's not watching this shitty cop tv show that you have on right like mm. that doesn't feel good for me right now and i just really want to feel good like you know it doesn't have to be polished and pretty just you know as long as it's respectful you put it out there um i think that that like i said i think that that's uh extremely helpful
2: and and I think when you have someone like that, and you have that conversation, and even if you, you know you may say it in a brash kind of way, um, it doesn't have to be a point of contention. And that'll show you who that partner is to you, and then you know basically decide if that's you know worth it or not. Because if they have a problem with going, listen, I really don't want to watch Brooklyn Nine Nine right now, or I don't want to watch you know whatever the show may be. If they got an issue with that, that's a red flag, you know, and, and, you know, it should never, you know, I, it should never be a point of contention. I would think of being like, listen, this isn't, this activity isn't good for me right now. I need to do something else. And then they buck, you know what I mean? That right. that would be a problem. So, mm-hmm. cause what it sounds like, Evan, is that not that you're always doing that right it's not like listen i don't want to do this i don't want do to yeah, yeah. do this it's just that specific item so it should never be like it's never so that way they don't have to be like oh well you know evan just doesn't want to do anything with me fuck this guy no it's literally one activity i said that i'm not not into and then you know right and and back. like
0: jenna and jenna brought up too er, earlier about um you know the with her husband like coming home and you get like three different sides of him it's it's not necessarily um I don't want to do that all the time. It's just that maybe I don't want to do that right now because it's, I just haven't had that kind of day where like, that's how I want to decompress. And, you know, we we, we keep going back to communications and forgive me for making this joke, but you know, make light of it a little bit. We talk about communication and maybe the the communication barrier for us is that we're always talking on the radio in very brief sentences and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as opposed to everybody else who's used to talking normally. Right, terrible, terrible, terrible joke. But
3: I mean, but that's a good thing, though. You can keep it concise and keep it direct, right? And sometimes when you need to fluff it up, you can fluff it up. But other times, because we've
2: all had to make you know really nice reports from shitty information, so I mean, we're we're both you know we are uh, creative writers at that as well. (laughs) So I think you're right. We can fluff it or we can keep it short. And I think so many people, uh, you know, when you ask them the time, they'll tell you how the, the watch was made, and it's like, no, 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 just Keep it short, you know? Yeah. So I think you're right. And I think that, that again, goes back to the problem solving thing. And I feel like all these things were kind of like tiptoe, or not tiptoeing, but we're like bouncing back and forth. Like, this is the issue. This is, so I think we all got it. You just got to click it together. And all right. So we, I think we kind of explain the ins and outs of dating in the, in the cop world. And, you know, it's, it's tough. It there's, I think there's a lot of issues, um, that go into being a dating cop, being a single cop. Um, so if anyone's listening and has questions, complaints, um, things to do, I think we're going to have to probably cycle back to another one of these episodes in the near future, because I feel like this is going to just like open the floodgates. Cause I think we really started something here. Um, so I'm going to go to the Instagram And I'm going to go to the questions we got, which I only got two legitimate ones, one kind of funny one. So we'll touch on that real quick. Um, But again, I think once we show this episode to people, they're going to be like, they're really going to relate to it. Because when I first put it out there, you know, who's single and having issues dating, blah, blah, blah. There were a million people. And then, you know, we just, due to scheduling, had to whittle it down. But um, so that being said, let me go ahead and get into the questions. And the first one is... uh, a topic we didn't talk about, which I think is a good thing, but I think it's also a major issue and that is the cheating and uh infidelity culture and tendencies in law enforcement. and this is an issue that is in people with relationships, single people, marriage. I mean unfortunately it's that um and we can break down the un you know, the mental need of the high adrenaline, the lack of you know the dopamine sensitivity, all that crap. We can really get into the, the science of it if we need to, um, but let's first talk about talk to the people that have been dating. Has and Evan, you I don't know if and what you want to contribute um, since you haven't dated in law enforcement, but with your guys' experience, go ahead with it. What you know, this is this is a very hot buck, hot button issue.
1: I, uh, I don't think it's just a law enforcement issue. Sure, like maybe it's more prevalent, um, but have I cheated? Yeah. Have I been cheated on? Yeah. Um, I think it's uh, needs not met in a um, commun- lack of communication issue, right? Like that's what we've been discussing this whole time. Our needs aren't met. So we go find someone to meet those needs. We're not communicating with our significant others or our spouses. So we go communicate with somebody else who's going to communicate with us. Um, frankly, I have a problem being bored and I hate to say this, but like I said, like I don't, if I can't connect with somebody on similar issues, I get super, super bored with them. So it's like mm-hmm. on to the next. And I've only cheated one time and I felt so guilty and so like heartbroken over it like it was really bad. Um so I have never did it again. Um but and I'm not proud of it. It's not like my proudest moment ever in my life. But I think that's like one of my biggest problems and like I get bored. So it's mm-hmm. on to the next.
2: So obviously the guilt and the the bad feeling that came from your experience thank you for sharing by the way um is probably what kind of puts you at a lower threshold for dealing with that like when you're unhappy just to be like all right i'm out pieces as opposed to doing the immature thing and mm-hmm. like you know seeking greener pastures but still going back home to your farm right like that's not and obviously mm-hmm. anybody who's ever been in that kind of relationship is always like, well, listen, if you weren't unhappy, why didn't you just leave? I'd much rather that than that. But I think you're right.
1: Well, that's because people people don't want to do the mm-hmm. difficult thing, right? It's harder to just leave than it is to um, have your cake and eat it too, right? Like that's the easy route. Like I'm going to go eat this cake over here, but then I'm going to go home and pretend like mm-hmm. everything's funky dory. and. I'm not against doing the difficult thing where, you know, if I'm not happy, you're not happy. Why are we going to be in this miserable relationship together? You know, mm. I'm just going to walk away, except for the one time I did it. But, you know, I was just going to you live say, and you yeah. learn and you move
0: on. Yep. And Evan, what's your experience with it? So I've been, you know, cheated on, and, you know, one of the reasons. I guess was that the person who did it they you know in part of our relationship or as it went along it was i got told i was boring and going back to what we were saying but it, but but i didn't mean to laugh no no you're good I was because i was gonna say like going back to what we were saying earlier it was because of like scheduling stuff it was because i was working night shift and everything like that so you couldn't
3: take your day. honey out to the club
0: i could not no <laughs> and, and then and then like you know there's whole other aspects to a gentleman <laughs> You know, and, and not going too deep into it, but, you know, one of the other reasons was if we went out, I had to be the mature, responsible one, which is making sure we got home safely. You know, if we went out somewhere, had a couple of drinks, I didn't drink enough that I could risk getting into a car. That kind of thing. Being It was like, you know, wh- why won't you cut loose? Well, because I have to take care of both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to the other aspect of it, you know. I, I've never cheated on anyone personally, but I've, I know, you know, obviously other people that I know that work in this field and do that kind of thing. And I think Nicole touched on it a little bit, which is, it's, you know, for some people it's for me, it was the person uh, cheated on me because I was boring. But then if you're in a relationship and you're getting cheated on, then the other aspect is, well, this person doesn't understand me. So where am I going to find somebody that does well, Mm -hmm. we have a weird sense of humor you know, we deal with something that's not, you know, that normal people normal people don't deal with on a regular basis. Well, where am I going to find that? Well, it's going to be a coworker or somebody who works in a very similar field. Right. Um, and then one, that's the where other... we
2: get the dispatchers, the ER nurses, things mm-hmm. like that. But
0: mm-hmm. then, but but one of the the aspects, I guess, like to answer my question about like that kind of type of relationship, the other aspect is like I've never. It, For me, that's not something I would do because of of my, I guess, like, my character, but I understand that people do. But the other thing is, for me, where I work is a very small area. Mm. So everybody knows everybody else. And that's another thing I think you have to contend with depending on where you're working in this job is that, like, you may think that it isn't going to get out or, yeah, you have a handle on the situation, but eventually everybody else is going to know about it.
2: Mm -hmm. Right. And I think, like, there's almost like, I don't even know the right term for it, but when you're in this profession, you almost get a Stockholm syndrome kind of thing or like, you know, shared traumas and then you start relating. And when these things happen, I don't always think it's a conscious thing. Like, Hey, you're fucked up. I'm fucked up. Let's fuck up together. I don't think that's literally the conversation that's had. I think it's starts out something simple and then it goes into something that's not good. And Again, it's that's it's that connection, that's that closeness, because you are stuck with these people for a long time. That's how co workers kind of get intermingled and things like that. And there's obviously something lacking in their other relationships that led to that. And to touch on a topic that was very controversial and I have my own feelings about it, but like the Laverne, Tennessee thing, right? Like she was in a relationship and then she obviously made decisions and the cops that aren't the female they had the exact same issue and the thing that happened when that happened i was going all right well something led to that point right again you don't just like go hey you know what we should all do and <laughs> you know people and have in, ha- in relationship no that's not how it happens there's obviously obviously more to that story and there's more to every story of police officer inv- infidelity Always is whether it's a trauma response that they're not conscious of, whether it's something like that. And I hate lumping people into bad terminologies, right? Like, oh, this person's a cheater. They're a terrible person. They made a very bad decision. Does it mean their moral character is terrible? Not necessarily. I mean, obviously, repeated action is your character at that point. But if you make a bad decision, it doesn't mean that you're a terrible person, in my opinion. Right? Especially if you own up up to it and you move beyond it. I think that's where you realize that, you know, people unfortunately make bad mistakes. Um, And then I just think the the nature of where we work, what we do, um, you're always kind of looking for that closeness and acceptance. And when you turn around and there's co-workers you know and unfortunately and it's not just law enforcement like nicole said you know um it happens all the time right we're just hyper focused on it because it's what we do and it's what we're in- enthralled with and it's not that it's um it's not that it's individualized to us at all
1: it's a connection right we're all looking for that connection mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. and and you you build those connections with people that have those similarities like you said it's a trauma response like you're exposed to that trauma that daily compounded trauma every day with the people that you work with and that's why it happens at work a lot for our job right like mm-hmm. we know these people we're connected with these people it's a gradual over time you don't just look at your coworker and be like hey you want to go do it in the car mm-hmm. you right. know like you you have the connection you see this person every day you talk to this person every day you talk to them about life it's not just I, about work
2: you know i would like to and I, I i mean as i get further down this psychological rabbit hole uh as my new career path i would like to see conduct a study right and i see jenna getting all proud because I'm, I'm doing all these things that she told me to do um how many times or how at what rate does infidelity rates climb following a traumatic incident Ooh. i guarantee Ooh. you it's higher because, right? Like, imagine you're involved in something really bad—a shooting, death of a coworker, something like that. You're you get closer to the people that you experience that with. It's just mm. inevitable. Um, and what happens when you get close to someone? First off, you're going to spend a lot more time with them. Blah blah blah. And if you're unhappy in your other, not, if you already had issues, underlying issues in in your other relationship, and now you have this as an option. And obviously I took this to a very big extreme to shootings or or death of coworkers, but it could be, you know, what is traumatic to one person is not traumatic to others. So it could just be, Hey, you know, we had a really high energy call and that could be enough. And that could be enough to set the person off and feel that extra connection to someone. So, you know, I think you're right. I think that, you know, over time, and if you look at the amount of hours we work, you know, and I work 12 hour shifts, in a given week, you're working a long stretch of time with your coworkers in a highly stressful uh, environment that when the emotions come down and the the adrenaline and all the different um, hormones are getting pumped out, you know, it kind of skews your mind and you're not thinking properly. So I think that is where this infidelity culture is birthed. And unfortunately, you know, we all get put through the ringer when we're hired and we, you know, we go through our integrity checks and morality checks and they check our psychology. But unfortunately, one test they don't give us is let's put you through a highly stressful situation and let, then let's put negative temptations in front of you and see what happens. They're not going to do that. They, they, why would they? But that's what happens. And that's where, unfortunately infidelity is one, but substance abuse is, and all these other negative activities that's where they all come in and because Mm -hmm. we're looking for that well first off we're already pumped up high with the adrenaline so we're looking for that safe landing area and unfortunately we don't always land where we should and i think that's the problem with this and i'm kind of on a soapbox because like i've talked to someone about you're always on a soapbox i am i am i am i'm gonna get a soapbox Do they even make soap boxes anywhere? I don't know. Anyway, um, but I've gotten into, like, some heated conversations where, like, people are like, no, if you cheat, you're a terrible person. I'm like, hold on a second. There's so much more to that statement than just, like, painting people with a broad brush. So I think that's Mm kind of why I got heated on that.
0: Well, I I think you just made a – you hit on a really good point when you said, like, you know, adrenaline and and all this other stuff with a crazy call. And then you're not exactly thinking clearly because – and then you just went right to, you know – Substance abuse and everything like that, because my mind clicked when exactly when you said that was just like, OK, well, you know, when you're in college and you're dating somebody and or you hear a story about, you know, your buddy, you went out to a bar or whatever, and somebody has a couple of drinks and they end up, you know, kissing a girl that they're not dating. Well, why did they do that? Would they have done it if they were sober?
2: No, mm-hmm.
0: not necessarily. It Great. was people make terrible decisions while they're drunk. And <laughs> I'm not saying it's terrible decisions, but not thinking clearly because of all that adrenaline and all those other chemicals in your brain that you're all the stress chemicals.
4: Mm -hmm.
2: Right. There's a, there's a study that or something I read that said, when you get into a traumatic situation and your brain is in fight or flight, um, basically it's to equate it to stubbing your toe really bad, which I just broke my toe. So I can explain this from experience, but doing that, And then having to do a simple math problem. It's not going to happen, right? If, 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 when I broke my toe, if someone said, Hey, what's plus two, I would have punched them in the face to get out of here with that nonsense. Apply that to decision-making in our line of work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you are in a fight or flight situation (laughs) and you're recovering from it, you may not make the best decisions. You may not be able to think logically enough to be like, don't go drinking and driving. Don't text that girl that you're not supposed to you know and i think that's what it comes down to not you know i'm kind of i'm kind of hypo, hypothesizing <laughs> hypothesizing that's the word that's the five letter five dollar word i think that's what it comes down to
3: yeah no absolutely you've got your dopamine which i've seen your memes on them before i love i love seeing that so when you're in the acute stress dopamine is up right dopamine's up but chronic stress Lowers your dopamine levels, and you look for those dopamine hits: substance abuse, infidelity, uh, gambling. Some people, it's chronic exercise. It could look really different, and with a lot of different people, you know. Um, and that stif- that sophisticated, rational part of your brain up front uh, is um, not as fine tuned at that point in time. You're operating mm-hmm. on that fight, flight, freeze. So yeah, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I love it. I All love right. that you're going there.
2: Right, right. See, we're we're getting it a little bit more every every day. Every Whoa, day drop those
3: knowledge bombs.
2: That's it. That's it. I'm, hey, I'm paying a lot of money for this education. I might as well use it. Um, so the next question and we kind of talked a little bit about it and I actually stole this word when I was talking about it, but why is law enforcement a cesspool of everyone fucking their coworkers? Now, we kind of talked about that part and we kind of talked about static. it being cesspool. and we kind of talked about why coworkers seek see each other, but do you guys have any additional uh, points on that?
1: Because we're all hot. because no, <laughs> we like we're all connected, like we just talked about like you connect with the people you're in the shit with, and those are the people you feel comfortable with. those are the people you hang out with. those are the people you're interested in. and that's just where you gravitate to. Right, like, I'm not. I'm more privy to date and be around first responders. That's just where my mind is. That's the people I connect with. So, not necessarily coworkers because you don't shit where you eat. Um, mm-hmm. But other departments, yeah, like I, yeah, I don't, I don't date within the police department I was a part of. But other departments around me, I've dated. Um, but those are just the people that I connect with. So I don't know. That's Mm -hmm. where my, I agree. That's where my connections are. I don't know.
2: Also, Nicole, in your new position, do not, uh, fuck your clients either because that's a felony. Don't, don't be doing that.
1: Uh, barf. Thank you. (laughs) you.
2: Just, Hey, listen, it, It has happened. And that's why, that's why I bring that up.
1: Well, that's why there's rules, right? Like, listen, I'm not interested in felons either and this is like state felon probation so oh, yeah. i'm good
2: so you got you got heavy hitters and evan what about you
0: um yeah it's it's i mean i i guess i have a um a twofold experience with that and i say that um so i didn't have what anyone would consider a normal college experience i didn't go to a state school or anything like that i went to college in vermont And I went to a uh, military college where we did ROTC. I didn't go into the military afterwards. I became a cop. But one of the problems that we, I say we, as my uh, friends from college would all say, is that why do we all date people that we went to college with? You know, why do we keep going back to that thing? And I think Mm -hmm. it's the same thing for law enforcement, like Nicole touched on, which is that's, we all have the same sense of humor and, you know, that's who we connect with because it's people that we know and people that know like what we're, you know, what our work is about and our sense of humor and, and as we touched on before, bonding over like traumatic experiences, you you know, not even traumatic, but just crazy, crazy calls where people say crazy things or just do like really strange things. And I've seen the overlap and that's why I brought up colleges between the two of them of trying to um, find people that quote unquote understand you. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that's why we date with it. We dated within those realms. It's because, you know, when I was in college, regular college kids didn't understand my uh, my friends and classmates in this line of work. It's people that understand us, get our sense of humor, et cetera. And, and, you know, it's like, why is it a cesspool? Well, we're all type A personalities. So mm-hmm. we tend to, you know, that clashes, but we all also tend to gravitate towards one another.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of really sums it all up. And another thing I was thinking of when you said it was the old uh, DT adage, like closest weapon, closest target. Right. Like we're going to go to the first possible thing and see where it lands and and. There's definitely mixed results on that. I always echo what Nicole said, don't shit where you eat. Um, It's a long, long career, up to 30 years in a lot of places, and if it works out great, um, like in our last episode with uh, Amy and Bo where it has worked out great for them. But unfortunately I think they are the exception, not the rule where it's not going to work out. And then you're stuck with that person for the rest of your career. Should they not change departments or whichever? And it, I just, it, it's a mess. And I, when I was getting into law enforcement, I said, I'm never going to even fathom that because I'm going to be here for a long time. Jokes on them. I didn't, but anyway, <laughs> um, and I think that just for, to help your own mental wellness. Right. And then God forbid, you're one of these people that chronically and uh, serially, um, date within the department. Then you're just going to be leaving a body trail of everybody that you've dated. And it's like, it gets really weird at that point. Don't be that guy and girl. Just don't do it. It's just weird.
0: <laughs> and and then that, that also, that aspect also creates a, you know, toxic work environment. Cause it's like, oh yeah cause then it's, you know, people you work, you know, obviously it's people you work with and stuff like that. Um, the the other aspect, I guess it's like how that's different than, you know, uh, other jobs and stuff like that to to touch on it real quick is like, uh, you know, we talked about finance and stuff like that, you know, finance. Okay. What are you going to do after you get out of work at five? Well, we're going to go to a bar where there's a bunch of other people that are similar age. They might not do the same job as we do, but we can all, you know, get together and watch a sports game or whatever. Our schedules are different as, you know, law enforcement and, you know, we may not be able to congregate at the same bar on Friday night because we're the one, you know, working the street outside. Mm -hmm. So when are Mm -hmm. we all going to congregate? Well, we're going to congregate together as a group on our off time because we can do that.
2: You're, you're absolutely right. Again, what Nicole said in the very beginning, and I meant to touch on it when she said it, like, Hey, who else is going to be out at the bar or out having a date night on a Wednesday night? Right. Right. Cops, you know, and, and, you know, of, of similar cut cloth. So, you're right and that's kind of where it all comes by and to all my law enforcement officers listening i know i don't need to specify this but i'm going to anyway you're not actually a cesspool it was a joke no um, they are some of you very much are but uh, <laughs> but uh, definitely not the people in this conversation and not the ones that talk to me re- regularly so uh, i just want to put that out there um All right. So now we're going to do the fun part. We've had actually people listening this whole time and we're going to be playing the dating game. Just kidding. I want to see your reactions.
0: (laughs) I see. I thought you were going to go with one of the, one of the podcasts I listen to that's, that's uh, not yours, dude, but uh, they do a, a prisoner dating game as a joke and they, they, Oh, oh, (laughs) no, no. Yeah. Let's uh, (laughs) go that level.
2: No, no, no. Um, that's fun. I have, I've, I've seen different aspects of that, but no, Um, this has been a great conversation. The last question I had Jenna was directly to you. Uh, One of my followers wanted you to help him find a man. So,
4: okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean.
2: Okay. Of your, of your many titles, you can now add matchmaker to your
1: matchmaker list. Okay. matchmaker, matchmaker, make me
0: <laughs> Nicole. Just beat me to the punch on that one.
3: Wait, Perfect. Nicole might be able to help.
2: <laughs> True, she's actually in the shit. She's in the cesspool. Right.
3: She's got the connections. Well, what do they want? in or That's, out of literally they That's literally all they
2: said. That's uh, literally all they said, so I guess we'll have to see. Okay,
3: um, fine. Guys, this is
2: this has been a great conversation. Um I think it it, it covered a lot of information. Like I said, I think it's, it's just the tip of the iceberg. Just the tip. Um and sure. we're gonna be <laughs> it may be able to uh, regroup on this a little later after this is kind of marinated a little bit and let others kind of get their two cents in. But as uh, we're going to go ahead and close up in just a second here, but I'm going to go back around the room. And if anyone has any closing statements they want to make about dating or anything like that, um, we'll go ahead and do that. So we'll start with Jenna.
3: Oh man, the pressure. I think we ended <laughs> off the last time with this. and I, I just, I think it's worth saying um if at any point in time you feel like your relationship is in an unhealthy place or you're in an unhealthy place and um date
2: your coworkers. Oh wait, no, sorry.
3: <laughs> yeah, right. Um look into therapy. It's not it's it's not um it can be very proactive. It doesn't always have to be reactive. So um yeah, that's all I have to say.
2: Nice. Um okay and evan go ahead
0: i guess what for for me like right now and and what i say is is advice is just you know uh don't look at everybody what everybody else is doing you got to do yourself figure figure yourself out first
4: Mm -hmm.
0: and then and then try to make it work that's very important
2: you're right and i think a lot of the stuff we talked about in the beginning was like figure yourself out you know, and figure out what your not your wants and needs are. So that way, when you add that second person into that equation, you already know what you want. And it like, you've been doing, you know, kind of expressing like, Hey, this is how my communication is going to be kind of take it or leave it in a, in a very polite way, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. And I think, you know, that lays the groundwork for a healthy relationship. If you're upfront with knowing what you need and what you want to have another person. Exactly and nicole we will wrap it up with you
1: stay away from the dating apps the tenders the hinges Mm. the whatevers um and if you are on them please do not post pictures of yourself in uniform like it's ridiculous like no i know you're like trying to get clickbait but holy moly it's ridiculous
2: and it doesn't work
4: it doesn't work the way you want it it doesn't
2: so and and we're gonna make instead of like a tiktok cop instagram we're going to make a tinder cop instagram oh
1: my god that would be amazing you know (laughs) amazing
0: that to to touch on on uh what nicole said real quick yeah the dating dating apps are just that's we could cover a whole different aspect of that topic in terms of law enforcement and how difficult navigating that is but yeah stay away from those right talk about cesspools absolutely
2: Alright guys, this was amazing. Thank you so much for your time, your openness, your discussion and like I said, we will be uh, linking up, I think soon, because this is a very good conversation and I want to keep going with it so, um, and you guys you made up for my staying up after my <laughs> bedtime and I appreciate it.
1: Thank you. For appreciate that. you.
2: Appreciate you. Oh, 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 stop. Oh, stop. Thank you guys. Uh, everyone listening, stay tuned. We will wrap this up and uh, everyone, you three we'll talk soon. And that's it for our show today. Again, if you have any insight regarding being a cop in a relationship or a single cop, let me know. We will definitely be revisiting this conversation in the near future because I feel like we just kind of cracked the surface and I want to learn more about it. The next hard to love conversation, I want to look into cops that are married together, two cops in a married relationship and see what that dynamic is like. If there's any other kind of police relationship that you would like me to explore, please let me know, and I will happily put a group together and we will bring it forward to you. Maybe not this year, but listen, we're gonna we're in this for the long haul, so uh, we can definitely get it going for season four. Next week, our episode is with a retired firefighter. I know, I know, I know. He's so gracious to put down his Xbox controller, unrecline his chair, put the chili to a slow simmer, and sit down with me for an hour. My guest is Mr. Phil Klein. He's the host of the Stories from the Road podcast, an amazing show that takes stories about first responders and provides it to the masses. I was on the show back in the fall, and it was a great episode, an amazing conversation. You want to go ahead and check that out and prep for next week. Definitely want to check it out. Stories from the Road podcast. I'll go ahead and tag him throughout the week as we lean into it. In this episode, uh, we talk about mental health throughout the first responder world, whether you're a police officer, firefighter, dispatch, EMS, so on. We kind of explain the needs that need to be met in that profession. And he has a very interesting take on that as well. So you don't want to miss it. It's a good one. And again, it's coming out next week on Thursday, coming out on Monday before that is punk rock cops, episode six. So if you enjoy those episodes, if you enjoy a kind of completely different take on all this, you're going to want to not miss it. That's on Monday, punk rock cops, episode six. And we're going to talk to my friends, Robin and Justin, and we're talking punk rock, hardcore, all that stuff. You're not going to want to miss it. Then on next weekend, uh, it's St. Patrick's Day, and I will be in Pennsylvania on a retreat with the guys from Project Refit. You may remember last year we had James Corbett on, and he told us about Project Refit and something else he was working on called Impact, and he was so gracious to invite me along for this retreat, and I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, We kind of talked a little bit about Shia LaBeouf last week, And Shia LaBeouf did a huge retreat, nine months with a monastery and everything. I didn't, I didn't, I was looking for that, but I was looking for like, a weekend retreat, just kind of a hard reset mentally, physically, and everything. And that's what James is providing, and I'm looking forward to it, and I will definitely be reporting back as it goes. Maybe I'll have some film content. We'll see. Um, but I'm definitely looking forward to reporting back to that. I am also prepping for the full release of my new Instagram page, 108Eats. It's currently up now, so you can go find it. And 10-8-T-E-N-E-I-G-H-T underscore Eats, E A T. S, And uh, I'm planning on doing a few Irish-related videos for St. Patrick's Day to be out um, throughout the weekend, and then uh, we're going to dive into full content in April. So go check that out. Hopefully, I'll get some stuff up for you over the weekend. I have some things planned. Let's make sure that I can schedule it out properly. If not, I'll kind of pepper them out from now until April. That being said, there's a lot of big things coming. I'm working on so many different things for the page for the brand and uh, you guys definitely want to be a part of it. This is just the start of it for sure. Before we wrap today, I do want to talk about music because music's so important to me and music's a big part of the show. Uh, I mentioned it briefly in a previous episode, but I've begun to only include music, which I have the permission to use for the show. So that way I no longer have to worry about my stuff being muted on any social media or YouTube or anything like that. So that being said, the music has been provided by a retired police officer from uh, Maryland, turned musician Jeff Smith. He was on the show uh, last year as well. He's a great guy. He does the intro and also my transitions um, from interview and out. And up until today, he's done the outro music as well. All that being said, I am... Going to continue my partnership with Jeff. He's going to keep providing the music for that, but I'm also having a new music uh, partnership in a way of mutually gaining exposure I will be having my ending song every week for the next foreseeable future be by my buddies in the band Keep Flying. You guys have probably heard me throughout the years talk about my previous band experience. This is basically the band that I was in. It evolved into Keep Flying. They're amazing. The lead singer and songwriter Henry and I grew up together. We did a full podcast episode together last year. Uh, We continue to talk uh, regularly. His music always resonates with me personally and uh, as he and I navigate our 30s, we continue to work together, and I hope that we continue to do that for a very long time. All that being said, our closing song today is the Keep Flying song Late Reply off of their 2020 album Survival. I had this song on in my house over the weekend, and the opening lyrics resonated with me, and I was like, I gotta put it on the show. The lyrics are, I'm doing too many things. I'm overstimulated. Can't concentrate on any moves I'm making." That is me to a T. Think of everything I just listed that I'm working on. I'm always working on so many endeavors at a given time between the podcast, memes, now food content, school, work, personal life, and I'm always trying to add more things to it. I don't know if it's a kind of response, a way to kind of distract myself or what, but it's one of the reasons why my therapist told me to pick up fishing, which I will be reporting on uh, soon as well. So, that being said, go check out Keep Flying. Uh, the band on Instagram is Keep Flying Band, one word, Keep Flying Band, and uh, they're on all socials. Listen to them on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever, they're on there too. They are also always touring, so if you see them in your area, go check them out. Be sure to tell them Charlie from 10A sent you. They're a great show, they're a great band, you're going to love them. If you're into that kind of music, if you like like Young Savage or whatever the rap music is today, you probably won't. But other than that, yeah, I think you'll be into it. All that being said, that is our episode for today. Uh, We'll see you back on Monday for Punk Rock Cops. Again, that's going to be with Robin and Justin. And then we're back on Thursday with another episode of the 10-8 Podcast with Phil Klein. Until then, check out the merch store. We have new designs, two new stickers. One is for my friend Pat Erlandson, who passed away October 2021. All profits from that sale will go to a charity of his mother's choosing, which will be the organization First Help. Today, or I'm sorry, yesterday, 3-8-2023, I released a brand new sticker for my buddy Jason Rainer who passed away in the line of duty August 17th, 2021. All profits will go to the Jason Rainer Foundation. So go buy as many stickers as you can, put them up wherever you'd like, uh, and the profits will go to those organizations. I also have new merch up there. Well, actually, I guess um, re-release merch. I have restocked the NCIC Chill and i restocked the NCIC and Chill sticker that was so popular. It's been out of stock for quite some time now. I restocked that. And I also restocked the first piece of merch I ever created, the 10-8 wristband. It just says, I'm 10-8. It's got the, the Instagram name on it. Um, I restocked that. I didn't redesign or anything. I finally reordered it, and uh, it's out there. They're packs of two for $5, so get it. Uh, if you use the code podcast that's it just a simple word podcast i'll give you free shipping it also lets me know that you're listening to the episodes and uh that way you get a little something out of it the website 10-8-memes.ecwid.com i'm working on changing that as well i got a lot of things going on so just bear with me that's it that's all i got for you guys until next time take care of each other and stay safe 10-8 out